welcome to another episode of Secrets and Lies, a storyteller's podcast. Hi, Vicki. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well, too. Carved the pumpkins last night. This is our Halloween episode. We're calling it Writers Beware. Yeah, so Halloween. It is peak, peak fall season out there. It's beautiful. It is beautiful, but we are getting buried in leaves at my house. Like, buried. We have to. In fact, David, like, went out with a blower, and he blew off the driveway and came in, and then we went somewhere like an hour later, and I said, didn't you blow off the driveway? What happened? And there, all the leaves were It's back. like rain. It's It falls down like, I mean, it's beautiful, but yeah, there's... He swears he did a lot. It, but I kid him that he didn't. <laughs> because it is the spooky Halloween season coming up, I have been finding interesting stories about the local area. Yes. You have some good ones too, but I had come across a note. Somebody had posted it in the local Hendersonville Facebook group or or something about an episode of Snapped that was about a crime that took place here years ago, certainly long before either of us moved here off of Rugby Road, but... Um, is it? Rugby Road is near you, isn't, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, it's past my house a little bit. Yeah, and I have driven past where this took place. I don't know exactly where the, the house is, but it was um, apparently a woman who, who went a little cray-cray and clubbed her husband to death with firewood and then tried to dismember him and scatter his remains, but... Oh. Mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like full-on Dateline-worthy. But anyway, it's an episode of Snapped. We'll put the uh, we'll put the link if you're if you're interested and you want to check it out uh, on our Facebook page, so you can. Well, you know what? My daughter sent me a my favorite murder episode related to Henderson. Oh, we love that podcast. She loves it so much. Tell me about it. <laughs> she sent me some, but she was listening to this one and in the little different sections that they have in there. Hendersonville came up and she's like, I got to send this to mom. So it's about bodies. And evidently not far from Hendersonville, they found some bodies back in the 1960s. Again, way before we ever lived here. Or, you know, lived. Or, uh, yeah. (laughs) And they were found in like this crude semicircle. In, in like a forest somewhere south of Hendersonville with objects laid on them. So, oh, and there's a there's a, an episode of My Favorite Murder about this? Yes, there is. So oh my I'm, I'm just going to leave you with that. It's very creepy. Um, I believe that the, the people that they found were from Hendersonville. I can't so, wait to I can't wait to listen to it. It is my favorite murder podcast number three eight two, and it's called Under Underpants. And this particular story, <laughs> I know well, it sounds like a children's story, it but is. not. There is there's a, there's a series of children's books, Captain but, Underpants. Oh, okay, that's it. My yeah, kids loved right. that episode. That 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 series but so anyway if you want to under underpants i'm definitely going to check that out that's really cool it's at 22 minutes if you want to just skip right to the hendersonville story and then weirdly i mean i love hendersonville i love this town i love this area i feel very safe here for the most part 
as safe as anybody who's watches as much Dateline as I do can feel <laughs> in any place. But uh, we had a murder. We had an actual murder in town Not a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Yeah, it was so weird. And uh, uh, we can put a, we'll put a link in uh, if you want to hear more about it. But apparently, I guess two ladies were were fighting on a bus or at a bus stop or something. And um, one of them just wanted to get away from the other one and went into a McDonald's. Right. And then uh, the other lady came in and you'd think that the crime would be between these two ladies. But no, I guess the um, the McDonald's manager was trying to intervene. And then some other random person who works there, like pulled out a gun and shot one of the two ladies and she died. Mm -hmm. And then he got he ran away, but they caught him. He got hauled off to jail because he is like an ex felon or yeah. I mean, he's not supposed to have a gun but yeah. he was or shoot had, people with a gun not only had a gun but had a gun while he was on the job at mcdonald's which is kind of freaky i'm not gonna complain about my french fries or anything <laughs> people are everyone is armed oh my goodness it's north carolina it's north carolina <laughs> okay um yeah yeah i mean i i saw that in on the news i and the guy on the news, he's from our news station, our television station is from South Carolina. So they were reporting it. And the reporter was like, oh, yeah, it's like the first murder they've had in Hendersonville for so many years. And he repeated that. Like, I mean, the that's news, part of the news. <laughs> the news stories here. I mean, you know, I came down from Baltimore, which is uh, we can have three murders before lunch. But uh, uh the news stories here, it's a completely different experience. It's about the traffic, occasionally traffic accidents yeah, or something. Um, bear sightings, we get a, a lot of those. We do. So uh, for those of you who are, who uh, in our other episode heard about the goats that I had, we had um, that herd of goats that had worked on my yard was uh, doing some weed removal (laughs) (laughs) in uh, downtown Asheville. And one of the the goats that had been in my house had gotten attacked by a bear, but is going to make a full recovery. So I don't want you to worry about him. He'll be back to snacking on Fig Newtons and people's poison ivy in no time. Poor guy. So uh, the, the other thing I was thinking about when we were, you know, thinking about nefarious things that may or may not happen in this area is um, the whole process that both of us went through when we were house hunting, when we were mm-hmm. trying to pick uh, neighborhoods and uh, look at different houses and figure out what we liked and didn't like and, you know, given side eye to the neighbors and all <laughs> and you're trying to choose <laughs> where you want to live and uh you know you were so cool to let me crash here and then ride around with me when i was looking at houses with my real estate agent except that the first house you found you you well you fell in love with the first house you found because it 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 was calling you basically there's a little bit of a charlie brown house in that it needed a lot of work, but it, yeah. yeah, which didn't you're not afraid of because you have seen you redo your house in Baltimore. You you kind of like Facebooked the whole thing and it was awesome. I love the work Thank that you. you did to that. Um, but this one, 
had some characteristics to it. <laughs> we looked at a lot of houses in uh, all air quotes, characteristics with, with character. <laughs> but yeah, I, we did call this this first house. It was way too big for us, but it was so cool. It had a wraparound like semicircular wraparound balcony on the, the deck out there, on the yeah. yeah on the second floor that went around huge rooms but it did look like somebody had been murdered in the dining room yes you said that and i was wondering when i looked just at the pictures on on, mm-hmm. on the realtor website you could see like this big stain on the on floor the hardwood floor <laughs> yeah that so yeah, it's it definitely something went down. I don't know what happened there, but I remember asking the you know my agent, did did a crime happen here? And then I had to follow that up with you know that's it's not a deal breaker. I'm just curious what's you know what's going on. Um, I did love that house. It had a great yard. It was in a great neighborhood, uh, but it was probably a little bit more work than. I know Dave wanted to take on, so so we passed. Carolyn is fun to go house hunting with because <laughs> you know if you've ever bought a house in a new town or whatever that you you look at several houses um, around the same time or in the same day. But you know she she spent a few months doing this, so the houses tend to get nicknames so that you can talk about them quick enough in the and first and remember house. which one was which. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So you know which one. So because if you do, even if you just say, "Oh, the house on Indian Hill Boulevard or whatever," you're not going to remember what that is necessarily if you don't live in the town already. So, so she came up with some very interesting, you know, like the one with the stain in the dining room was the murder house. That was the murder house. Then you had, you had the serial killer basement house. Yeah, the, the house with the serial killer basement. That was a creepy basement. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean... And then the farmhouse that... Oh, you didn't actually get to see the farmhouse with the barn. No. The barn. That was full-on crack house. The house part was a mess. <gasps> I didn't the see The barn was gorgeous. Uh, but the house... The house was, uh, I mean, completely out of a movie crack house, kind and of. you had a cancer house? We had a cancer house. Yeah, and you had a um, you had one that you didn't even you didn't even go look at. You just she just got to the point where she's sending me links of creepy ass places to to live. (laughs) You're like, you want to see this? Let's go check it out. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. And then when Dave came down and we were looking at places together, he he's he had unkind names for some of these places too. That was the house on the top of Meth Mountain, and. He was yelling at me. Um, okay, so Hendersonville it, but... is a beautiful place. Don't it go is. away thinking that everything is a, like a dangerous, no. murderous, cancerous. No, this place. was entirely us and our imagination trying to figure yes. out ways to differentiate. This is houses at the end of the day, so we could See, do her. Yeah, because if cons. I saw, I saw the murder house picture of the stain on the floor and. I write nonfiction, so mostly. So I would see that and say, oh, I could pull up that floor and replace that floor, no problem. But Carolyn, who writes murder stories, yes. she, she sees other things. That's right. Okay. I'm still, I would still have pulled up the floor and replaced the floor, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. All right. Well, so writers beware being our, our theme for the day of this 
episode as we record on a full moon day. This is Hunter's fun. moon. Hunter's moon. Yes, it is full on, 100% full. My app told me that. <laughs> well, so <laughs> must be true. So we're going to talk about something scary that writers have to put up with, which are scams. One of them, this is, I think this is fairly new, is these people are posing as major imprints. They will contact a new author and say, we want to buy your book from you and publish it for you. And they're pretending to be like Hatchet, Mm -hmm. you know, which is... Yeah, they publish some big people. They publish big people. They're also a sub or an imprint of a bigger publishing mm-hmm. house. So these people approach this this one author and... Well, I know, you know, new writers who've... Uh, and I've been there. You know, you you crank out something and you work on it and work on it and work on it and you want to get it out in the world and you're so both like terrified to share it and eager to share it and you're putting queries out and talking to people online and in they come yes so there's an article in poets and writers magazine and i'm just going to read one the first section of it for you to give you an idea what happened the senior vice president and publisher of little brown received a disturbing call from a self-published children's book author the writer said she'd been contacted by someone named william choby who claimed to be an editor at hatchet which is Little Brown's parent company. Okay, that's the one I couldn't remember a minute ago. Joby said her agent had given him a digital copy of her book and that he wanted to publish it with Little Brown for young readers. But to do so, Joby told that the author she would need to pay steep fees for removing the book from the self-publishing platform and licensing it. So, I mean, that's a flag. Anytime anybody is asking, I, I remember, uh, you know, in the early searches for agents and so on, if they're asking you for fees in order to mm-hmm. read an excerpt or to read your, your manuscript, watch out. So another flag is that she didn't have an agent. Yeah. So he's saying, oh, your agent contacted me, but she didn't have one. She may have been a little bit desperate to publish um, because she paid him nearly $15,000. Oh my gosh. And then he stopped returning her calls. Big surprise there. Um, But she was desperate. She was so desperate she flew from her home in California to New York City and appeared in the lobby of Hatchett's office building and asking for him. And no one worked there by that name. Yeah. So, she, yeah, this is this is a bad thing, and this is the kind of scam that um, Victoria Strauss wants you to know about. She's the creator of WriterBeware.blog, and she's been doing this for years, and she tracks literary fraud for us. So if you're if you follow her blog, you will be up to date. And I believe she even has lists on there of smaller publishers because another one you know this has been out for a long time is that there's vanity presses mm-hmm. that that will offer to publish your book for you and do the editing for you or whatever but those vanity presses charge a lot of money to publish your book you don't always get all the services you 
think you're going to get, or you might think you're getting stuff that the big publishers provide and they don't. And those are tricky because you got to know the difference between the one that just wants you to pay for everything and the one that just is offering a decent service. I mean, yeah. I remember going to uh, conventions and conferences and so on, and there would be tables there from different self-publishing presses, you know, that were looking for for content yeah. essentially. And um, but I don't know. I I haven't I haven't been out and about that much lately. I don't know how much of a bite out of that Apple. Um, Amazon has had because Amazon makes it so easy to self-publish your work. That's true. And post it up. And then it's not, uh, you know, unlike the old days of the Vanity Press where you did it and then you had to pay for like a minimum of, I don't know, however many copies. And then it was up to you to market and sell them wherever. Uh, Amazon prints on demand. You know, they're so big that they don't have to hold inventory of your book. So... It's not that big a deal. Plus, they just take a cut of whatever your sales are. Yes. And there are pros and cons to doing that. I mean, it can be a good service, depending on what your book is, what you need from your book being published. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's there's bad sides to doing that, too, which is a whole nother episode, Yeah, honestly. So Amazon, they are so big that they may not even catch some of the issues out there right now. Another scam is using AI Um, and we're all scared of AI right now because we don't know where the hell that's going but and we've seen Terminator so exactly Skynet so anyway AI right now is is using books for learning and they're doing it without the author's permission yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, buzz in the press about authors putting... I don't know if it's a class action suit or what it is that they're doing um, because nobody asked them if it was okay. Exactly. The Atlantic has been following this very closely. And they have some articles out there which are really good. And they even have a database they put together where you can you can go in and search your name and see if they've been using... If they found that your book has been used. And I found a whole bunch of people and posted them you know tagged them and post them on facebook because is it a little bit wrong if i'm like a tiny bit excited there's a possibility even a machine is reading my stories that are out there (laughs) no okay (laughs) just checking so yeah anyway this has become such a thing that it's even been brought before a senate subcommittee and an open letter was signed by more than ten thousand authors including Mm -hmm. roxanne gay and margaret atwood to get AI, to make AI obtain consent right before they use their book for learning and to pay them. Generally speaking, consent is a good idea. Yeah, to get their consent. But they, you know what? Authors may say no, or authors may say, sure, use my book to teach AI, but pay me for it. Right, yeah. So that's what they're trying to get. So then there's, you know, and the, the AI, here's another horror story. AI is being used to make fake books. So imagine a reader of yours comes to you and says, hey, I love your latest book, but you don't have a latest book. So, so you look publishing. on Amazon and you find fake books terribly written by AI with your name on it as the author. Oh, yeah, that's not cool. That's another nightmare. And it happened to Jane Friedman. 
So she went on there and found several, actually. And she had to go to Amazon because Amazon makes it so easy for this to happen. And this, there's a um, there's a CNN article about it where you know she was approached on this situation, and we'll put that link out there for you so you can read that article. But yeah, she she had to talk to Amazon. They took her books down finally, but it's scary. I mean, you she's a very good writer and she has had a blog out for years. So there's a lot of content out there that they can use to do this with, but this particular situation the writing was terrible it was awful writing it was not her voice it was not anything which is a good thing honestly because that's how it got caught but it's just a, it's just a nightmare to me that that would happen i have a scary story okay i have a scary story that uh it actually turned into a story that i wrote and you mentioned before that i had done renovations on my house mm-hmm. in Maryland, which I had, and I uh, I kept like a running Facebook mm-hmm. album about it and posted pictures along the way because I did a lot of the work myself. Um, if it didn't have to do with plumbing or electricity, right? you know, mostly demo. <laughs> do you, I, if my, I remember correctly, you enjoyed the demo. The, you re- have to. I mean, it's <laughs> it's messy and it's dirty and it mm-hmm. it takes a while, but it can also relieve some stress because you get to whack stuff with a sledgehammer yeah. and those pry bars, prying things apart. Very satisfying. Anyway, <laughs> um, for all of the things, though, that I'm not qualified to do, I had a series of uh, contractors and handymen and you know plumbers and electricians and even a carpet guy um, come to my house and uh, put together estimates for me or take a look at what it was I you know I wanted to have done and then talk to me about the best way to approach that it's your new house this was not my oh. my new house this was my house uh, actually I, I've had some of that in my new house here in North Carolina too but this is primarily in Okay. In Maryland, um, and that house was built in 1927, so yeah. there were there were some surprises <laughs> along the way. Anyway, some of these people were sketchy, sketchy. I mean, they do the things where they like accidentally leave stuff, and then they call you, and then they want to come back and get it, like Ooh. after hours, and then uh, like oh, like. Are you in the shower right now? Because I need to come to your house and get something. No, you know, like, <laughs> I think I left my tape measure in the, you know, come on. I'll put it on the porch. Uh, I Those kinds oh. of, yeah, that kinds of, that kind of stuff. And then you'll find them, sometimes they'll like swing by and like this one guy who, who had talked to me about some plumbing work um, would be like sitting in his van down the street. Why? Oh, yeah, okay. creepy. No. So, and, and, and then working with them, anybody who's ever had renovation done, it's a, it's a terrible experience generally. <laughs> it's if you're living in the house and it's noisy and messy and they sometimes they don't show up and it's, you know, there's a mm. lot of things. It's very expensive. And um, right you're kind of, yeah, you're at the mercy of these, these other folks. And that actually led to the very first short story I ever had published oh. was called uh, Handymen, and as a sort of 
double entendre okay handyman about yeah about these guys you know who are in your in your house doing you know you don't think anything about it you give them keys yeah you give them the security code your alarm system they're in there doing whatever it is that they're doing and uh anyway so in that story it all goes terribly wrong and then writers beware about that that was my first story it was included in an anthology of psychological horror stories okay. published in Australia. They accidentally misspelled my name. Yeah. Yeah, so you have to I'll uh, I'll put a link if anybody wants to find it um in on Amazon or I wanna whatever read that creepy but, thing. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh it it again therapy. So anyway, so that was like real life scary things that led towards uh, infusing that feeling into a uh, piece of fiction. Well, I have a, I have kind of a creepy story of my own. When I was researching my grandmother and my mother, and I found their house that that they lived in back in the forties in Galveston, I. I thought, you know, when you when you want to do a research trip, you want, you need to go there. You need to go walk yeah. in their shoes and see what they saw and where they lived and stuff. So the house actually became an Airbnb after really? I found it. I, yeah. It was it was I looked Well, that at, makes it easier. It was on the market at one point and I saw the pictures online and they were terrible, awful, gross pictures. And I mean, the house was in really bad shape. It was a little cottage about a block from the Gulf, from the beach. And I, 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 luckily I took screenshots of them because I like to write about how bad it was, how bad a condition. I mean, there's like trash laying around in the yard and they're posting this to sell. Zillow is good. <laughs> Zillow is good for that because it, it'll show you the new pictures. But if you like continue to scroll down, yeah. you'll see the pictures from like the previous owner sometimes. Oh, I didn't and, know it did that. Like keep going. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'll just I'll have to see if those are still out there, but um, yeah, there was like that. You look at the picture of the bathroom, and it's got this old mirror hanging off the wall with wires, and one of those old sinks that you know just has the little metal stands, and it's attached to the wall. Two mm-hmm. little metal poles holding it up, and I, I'm like that. That could be the same exact sink that my grandmother stood at, and the mirror that she looked into, and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. So anyway. It was all remodeled and fixed up and was an Airbnb when we went back. And um, I think it was my first night that I stayed in that house. And maybe, maybe I made the mistake of bringing a photograph that actually belonged and was taken in that house or near that house. It was taken in 1940. Um, Brought it into the house and I heard that, you know, I've heard that items especially photographs can bring like spirits or something with them I don't know but that night I was falling asleep and isn't that always the story when you're falling asleep something happens I felt something like at the foot of the bed push down the bed and then it happened again like a little closer to me and then again and it it felt like someone was on the bed crawling towards me and I Hmm. freaked out I freaked out. <laughs> wow. And I thought, yeah, I don't I don't know what that was. I mean, I've yeah, I don't know what that was. 
It's just creepy. It really did feel like something was crawling towards me. That is a creepy, creepy story. So, yeah, I woke up and I walked around. I thought, why did I bring this picture in here? And Oh. So, but anyway, why it happened in my mom's childhood home, I have no idea. Um, except that maybe... You don't think this was a whole, like, I'm partly asleep and partly awake and my imagination oh, is going crazy? Oh, it definitely could be something like that because that's... That's when all those things happen anyway, when you're right. waking up or falling asleep. So, sure, it could be something like that. But who knows? That is a good, I, I that's a good creepy story creepy. For, for Halloween. I was a, I, and I stayed there for 10 days. So every night when I was falling asleep, I was thinking about that Yikes. and hoping it wasn't going to That doesn't back. sound restful. Yeah. <laughs> Two stars, haunted. I don't know. Maybe that's why my grandmother ran away from that house. Could be. I would be looking into like what was going on in that place before. Mm. Okay. Pre-pay. Speaking of uh, stuff you have been uh, working on and research, tell everybody your good news. Oh, I finished the orphan heirloom project. You found the I family. Found the family. And so the Bible. Have I talked about the Bible? On the you have. Okay. So the super old family Bible that I found in Waynesville. I finally like called one of the numbers that I didn't know if it worked or not. Again, you know that this the info you find doesn't always work. So I called the number, left a message. And found it, you know, they called me back. This is the daughter of the woman I thought the phone be- the phone number belonged to. She called me back. And she was generally excited about this idea. And I remember her saying on the phone, she's like, she had her sister nearby. And she's like, I, I don't know if this is, this is, you know, what did she call it? Credible, or she used another word. Um, and her sister's like, yeah, yeah, it's real, it's real go ahead and talk to her or call her or whatever. And I was like, yay. So we were both excited on the phone and we set up a meeting the next day to meet for lunch. We went up towards Asheville and had lunch at Stone Ridge Tavern, which is oh, very yeah, good. Yeah. You and I had lunch yeah, there once. Yeah. I'm looking for houses. Um, very good. And they got to see the Bible and we talked about you know family and stuff like that and how did the did they have any idea about how the bible ended up in this like antique store no i mean the only thing we can we can't i mean they couldn't really figure out who had it or how no not really i mean i i looked at the history and i think it was the 1940 census had sandy's mother and grandmother in the same house and grandfather in the same house so trying to track who would have probably had it Mm. i'm guessing but these were these um ladies that you were talking to Uh were related to uh so the string of people listed in the in the bible did you give it to them i did the next i did a couple days later That's really cool. I guess they were really happy. I took it on a trip back up to Waynesville, and I was hoping to take some pictures with the guy who sold it to me. Oh yeah, but he wasn't there. Oh, so that was a waste of a day. But except that you probably took the Blue Ridge Parkway back. I did. (laughs) Yeah, we did. Fall peak fall. It is. It's so beautiful up there. It was a gorgeous day, and the Apple Festival was on that day too. Oh, so it was not a wasted trip there at all. No, any day that involves. 
apple cider donuts mm-hmm. or whatever down so for that. Sunday, I, I called Sandy and said, you know, we can, we can meet up. I'm going to, I'm going to be at Appalachian Mountain Brewery. You want to come and get it? And she came and got it and she hugged me in the parking lot. Aww, and it was sweet. Awesome. So That's yeah, cool. it is, it is really neat. And, and this kind of makes me want to go find cool things and then try and hunt down like where they, I don't have time for that. But I mean, like if if my life were a Hallmark movie, that would be the coolest thing ever. I would be like that person. I mean, I know they have a whole mystery series of yeah. like the antiques person who solves crimes. There you go. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't want to be an antiques person. I don't really know anything about antiques. But finding interesting things and running that down. That sucker called me. I did take pictures of the... I put the Bible back on the original shelf where I found it and uh-huh. took pictures of that. So it's going to be in my blog post when I get it out there. But it, it was like... I don't know how anybody could pass up an all super old book with duct tape holding it together. And, and Yeah, it's amazing the stuff that you find. It's still there. And, out there. Well, yeah. I finished uh, the story that I'd been working on. Many sleepless nights until I got done and sent out. So... Send me the good vibes that that gets picked up. Yay, good vibes! Woo, pick it up. Everybody wants to read it, so you you everybody every they should publish it. Let's play truth or fiction. Okay, I got one. All right, you ready? I'm ready. So, okay, a woman owns a hotel. She's having an affair with a pharmacist. I'm noticing a trend for these (laughs) for these scenarios that you are. You didn't use the word hussy this time, but... Nope. Okay, all right. So a woman, she's having an affair with a pharmacist. Go yeah. ahead. Okay. He, he has an office nearby, and he's a very handsome and charming pharmacist, by the way. And she gets knocked up. Okay. See, now, that's different than the other ones. Right. Okay. So she gets knocked up, um, but when she goes to tell him, thinking, oh, he'll marry me now because I'm knocked up... Um, he rejects her. So she kills him in the basement. Holy cow. Yep. That wasn't the way I expected it to go. And then she sells his body to the local university. Oh, for like... Yeah. For medical school. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm going with true. No. <gasps> I think I got you this time. Finally. You did. It is fiction. What book is this? It's not. I switched it up. It is a nonfiction book that I messed up for you. So the real story. You want the real story? Sure. Okay. So there's this guy that has a hotel. He owns the hotel. The woman comes to him says, I'm pregnant. He's the pharmacist. And she she wants him to marry him. Marry her, sorry. Um, but he, he rejects her. So he kills her in his basement. Well, I was going to say, that's way more common. Like, the dude kills the pregnant. Pre- I mean, that's like... Yeah. <laughs> common. <laughs> that, I, I, I'm, yeah, it is. It's that more happens. believable. It happens a lot, I'm okay. sorry to say. Yeah. Even now. Well, this happened in 1892 oh. or somewhere around there. And it was in Chicago. 
Oh. And this guy created this hotel with builders. Is this to... during the, the World's Fair? Yes, it was. Yes, I have read this book. Uh, I read a book about this guy, H.H. H. Holmes. Yes. Yes. Ah. Or Herman Mudgett was his real name. The Devil in the White City. Devil in the White by City. Eric Larson. One of the first nonfiction crime books I ever read. Really? Yeah, yeah. He is so good. It is an excellent book. If you haven't read it, um, this little nugget should not be a spoiler for you because there's so much more. You want to talk about the tip of the iceberg? <laughs> this is the tip of the iceberg. Oh, well, yeah. that this was is... a good one. Thank you. Yeah, that yeah, chapter is me. called Remains of the Day. Ha! <laughs> yeah. Get it? Remains okay. of, yeah. Do. Okay. So. Like soup of the day, but, and then also Remains of the Day. Yes. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's uh, let's wrap it up today with a good tip of the week. Okay. So my tip of the week is to check out the links on our Facebook page so that you can see these stories, these scams that I told you about, and go check them out for yourself. And if you haven't found that, that's Secrets and Lies, a storyteller's podcast. There is a Facebook page for that. You can... Leave us questions or um, suggestions, or you can contribute. We've got some good threads going on about some of the things that we've been talking about here in yeah. the podcast. And just basically stay updated on the scams. Just don't 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 fall for anything. Stay updated. Maybe subscribe to Writers Beware. Yeah, that's a that's a good resource for mm -hmm. you too. Plus, if you come across anything that you we didn't talk about uh, that is something else that you know others should be on the lookout for share it we'll get it out there yeah That's all right idea. well so, thank you I hope you writers are thoroughly freaked out and scared and that you channel not. that onto the page. <laughs> yes, yes. In some way. Or that maybe you have some good spooky story recommendations. We love good reading recommendations, whether they be nonfiction or fiction. Throw them in the, uh, in the chat or uh, uh, on our Facebook page. Send us a message and um, we will check it out. Yeah. All right. Yay. Well, until next time. Um, good stories, good writing. Yeah. And we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you soon.